Hey, you're listening to episode 34 of the Urology Audio Guidelines podcast, and I'm your host, Dr. Nick Serrano. In this episode, we'll be discussing the updated guidelines for diagnosis and management of priapism. Diagnosis of priapism. 1. In patients presenting with priapism, clinicians should complete a medical, sexual, and surgical history and perform a physical examination, which includes the genitalia and perineum. 2. Clinicians should obtain a corporal blood gas at the initial presentation of priapism. 3. Clinicians may utilize penile duplex Doppler ultrasound when the diagnosis of acute ischemic versus non-ischemic priapism is indeterminate. 4. The clinician should order additional diagnostic testing to determine the etiology of diagnosed acute ischemic priapism. However, these tests should not delay and should be performed simultaneously with definitive treatment. Initial Management of Acute Ischemic Priapism 5. In a patient with diagnosed acute ischemic priapism, conservative therapies, i.e. observation, oral medications, cold compresses, and exercise are unlikely to be successful and should not delay definitive therapies. 6. Clinicians should counsel all patients with persistent acute ischemic priapism that there is the chance of erectile dysfunction. 7. Clinicians should counsel patients with an acute ischemic priapism event lasting greater than 36 hours that the likelihood of erectile function recovery is low. Pre-surgical management of acute ischemic priapism. 8. Clinicians should manage acute ischemic priapism with intracavernosal phenylephrine and corporal respiration, with or without irrigation, as first-line therapy and prior to operative interventions. 9. In patients receiving intracavernosal injections with phenylephrine to treat acute ischemic priapism, clinicians should monitor blood pressure and heart rate. Surgical management of acute ischemic priapism. 10. Clinicians should perform a distal corporal glandular shunt with or without tunneling in patients with persistent acute ischemic priapism after intracavernosal phenylephrine and corporal aspiration with or without irrigation. 11. Clinicians should consider corporal tunneling in patients with persistent acute ischemic priapism after a distal corporal glandular shunt. 12. Clinicians should counsel patients that there is inadequate evidence to quantify the benefit of performing a proximal shunt of any kind in a patient with persistent acute ischemic priapism after distal shunting. Post-shunting management of acute ischemic priapism. 13. In an acute ischemic priapism patient with a persistent erection following shunting, the clinician should perform corporal blood gas or colored duplex Doppler ultrasound prior to repeat surgical intervention to determine cavernous oxygenation or arterial inflow. Penile prosthesis. 14. Clinicians may consider placement of a penile prosthesis in a patient with untreated acute ischemic priapism greater than 36 hours or in those who are refractory to shunting with or without tunneling. 15. Clinicians should discuss the risks and benefits of early versus delayed placement with acute ischemic priapism patients who are considering a penile prosthesis. Recurrent ischemic priapism. 16. 
Clinicians should inform patients with recurrent ischemic priapism that optimal strategies to prevent subsequent episodes are unknown. 17. Clinicians should inform patients with recurrent ischemic priapism that hormonal regulators may impair fertility and sexual function. Sickle cell disease and other hematologic disorders. 18. In patients with hematologic and oncologic disorders, such as sickle cell disease or chronic myelogenous leukemia, clinicians should not delay the standard management of acute ischemic priapism for disease-specific systemic interventions. 19. Clinicians should not use exchange transfusion as the primary treatment in patients with acute ischemic priapism associated with sickle cell disease. Prolonged erection following intracavernosal vasoactive medication. 20. In patients presenting with a prolonged erection of 4 hours or less following intracavernosal injection pharmacotherapy for erectile dysfunction, clinicians should administer intracavernosal phenylephrine as the initial treatment option. 21. Clinicians should instruct patients who receive intracavernosal teaching or an in-office pharmacologically induced erection to return to the office or emergency department if they have an erection lasting greater than 4 hours. 22. Clinicians should utilize intracavernosal phenylephrine if conservative management is ineffective in the treatment of a prolonged erection. Non-ischemic priapism. 23. Clinicians should counsel patients that non-ischemic priapism is not an emergency condition and should offer patients an initial period of observation. 24. In a patient with diagnosed non-ischemic priapism, the clinician should consider penile duplex ultrasound for assessment of fistula location and size. 25. In patients with persistent non-ischemic priapism after a trial of observation and who wish to be treated, the clinician should offer embolization as first-line therapy. 26. Non-ischemic priapism patients should be informed that embolization carries a risk of erectile dysfunction, recurrence, and failure to correct non-ischemic priapism. 27. In non-ischemic priapism patients with a persistent erection after embolization of the fistula, the clinician should offer repeat embolization over surgical ligation. That's it for this episode. We'll see you next time.